Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MC Car Guys Podcast. You can reach us on all the social media at MC Car Guys. Or you can drop us a line at mzcarguys at gmail.com. So, a year in re- a decade in review. Yep. Let's look forward, Matt. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a good list of things that we'd really like to see happen uh, in the coming year or years. And some pretty important stuff. And I think some things that don't really get talked about too much. Um, it's worth a good, worth a deep dive. Or things that maybe get talked about in the, with some rose colored glasses kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think, I think the most important thing to talk about, and I think what, and, 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 and I'm going to put it out there. Um, I think that the, the actual full electric vehicle as, as we understand it, um, you know, just like, like a Tesla or a Rivian or, you know, something like that. Um, a leaf. A, a, a leaf. Um, so that was interesting. Um, it, I, I, I don't think that it's going to have as much of a reach in the overall market as some may want it to be. I think it'll be, I I think what you will see is you will see um, a vast amount of hybridization. Um, Because I I, I think hybrid... I, I think hybrid will be much, much more um, implemented. I think you're going to see a great increase in, 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 in gasoline. You okay, Matt? Yeah, yeah. What no, is my, that? Uh, my, <laughs> sorry, my dog found a toy that talks and there's no off switch. Uh, so I just took it away. Sw- is there an off switch to the dog? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Okay, got it. Well, we should anyway, get back, back, yeah. yeah, back back to normal. Yeah. Oh, the joys well, of joys of podcasting well, at home. Back back to us. <laughs> Maybe not back to normal. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I, I think you're gonna see um, much cleaner, efficient burning gasoline engines. Um you know, with, you know, free valve technology. I don't know how integrated that's going to get, um, you know, variable, variable displacement, you know, variable ignition, um, you know, kind of situations. Um, but I think you're going to have that coupled with um, much more efficient uh, energy, uh, you know, electric drives so, you know, having gasoline engines burning as generators as opposed to motivators um, and then electric drives, you know, y- so getting, you know, using them more, you know, using gasoline much, much, much more efficiently, but I don't think you're going to get away from it within the next 20 or within the next 10 years. 
Oh, in next 20 years. I, I say next 20 years. I think you were right the first time. Well, I didn't, think no, it really I, is. It's going to take that long. Yeah, I, 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 I actually say probably longer than that. Um, but, you know, I, I just think I, I, th- I think we had this discussion before. And I think that you will see. I think you'll see a hundred miles miles per gallon before you will see. Well, I, uh, I did say this before and I think I'm actually incorrect because I think they're about to do it, but I, I think you'll see a hundred miles per gallon before you see 600 mile driving range on electric vehicles. Certainly widespread, yeah. I mean, there'd be some anomaly out there, some, you know, super light, massive vehicle with a huge skateboard that has, you know, 20 billion cells and, you know, whatever it takes to do that. But, but yeah, as a widespread I mean, technology, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as, I mean, because I, I think realistically, 200 kilowatt hours is probably the maximum that you'll see in realistic uh, passenger size vehicle. Yeah, um, yeah, cer- certainly with lithium ion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you have you have Rivian, which is almost there, because their R1T and their R1S have 180. Uh, but somebody somebody does have 200. I can't remember who, but it's not actually out yet. It's just it's been announced. That it's going to be out this year or next year. But there is a 200 out there. It might be. Um, is it Bollinger? Um, yeah, it might be Bollinger. Yeah, is it Bollinger? That's, that's a big chassis. That's, that's a huge chassis. I actually so. saw a picture of a Bollinger next to an F 150. And it was like, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're on that scale now, huh? This is like, uh, it's, it's like the Hummer, but now it's like. <clears throat> it, it reminds me a lot of. Of, of the H1 Hummer, yeah. Um, um, so, but yeah, I, you, just, you bring- I, I just think that because what what it does, what hybridization allows you to do is it allows you to, and we're already starting to see this, is it allows you to shrink. Oh, did he find something else? <laughs> um, it allows you to make a smaller engine it allows you to um also shrink the gas tank size yeah so even on a full tank of gas you're able to you know be really really small i mean not 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 taking or so so you have the the let's say the so the longest range plug-in hybrid that that's out there right now is, what would you say the, the Clarity? Oh, you mean you mean the EV portion of the PHEV EV range of a yeah. PHEV? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So, 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 so as far as plug-in yeah. hybrid, well, because it was this, it was the 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 Volt, but that's been discontinued. Right. So basically, you have the Clarity, you've got the XC90, which is not that efficient. You've got the Cayenne, which is not that efficient. Um, you've got, uh, there's a, is it the Nero? Kia Nero? Yeah, the Kia Nero. 
but I think that car is just way too small. It's like the size of a subcompact SUV, basically. Um, yeah, but it still, it doesn't. I don't think it has. I, I don't, it probably is the clarity. Forty. Yeah, I think because the clarity has forty-seven. I know that. Okay. Yeah, so. I think that's that's the most. Oh, um, uh, except for the upcoming Polestar One, the uh, the Volvo Special Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but the full star that's not one, actually quite here yet. It's coming though. I think it's like sixty miles. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking within the next ten years, so I, I think that's. But that car's one hundred and sixty grand. No, I I totally understand that, but I'm just saying, you know, what what whatever's whatever's on luxury cars. Yeah. In five to eight years. Um, Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, yeah. That that time frame may even maybe even too conservative, but yeah, it's absolutely true. I think we're starting to see that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, because one of the other things that I think is going to happen is, and one of the things that we've seen in the last in the last ten years, and we kind of went over this, um, um, you know, the connectivity with in cars. And with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, and even though it's not great right now, um, uh, wireless Apple CarPlay Android Auto is going to be a thing, mm-hmm. uh, as will be, uh, you know, high amperage, uh, fast charging wireless chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think actually, I think Kia has one now that can charge the equivalent of 2.5 out, uh, amps which is pretty darn fast yeah that's that's a little concerning because then you're stressing out your cell phone battery but that's another discussion for another time well i mean and i think that's you know i think that's just something that'll be taken care of i mean because i i know that even 3 years ago um i was skeptical of battery technology and i and i had made the statement and at the time i was right uh, and that is that battery technology had not really changed a whole lot you know um as far as kilowatt hour in for mileage out since the baker electric in 19 like like 1908. Right. Um, and at the time I was correct. That was um, true. Now, yeah. But it has gotten better. And there are things on the horizon which could, towards the end of the decade, so just before 2030, uh, when you and I are in our 50s, <laughs> which is really weird to say. Um, but, you know, you have, uh, there are some people working on uh, a fluoride uh, electrolyte, mm-hmm. which has a really good promise of being more energy, um, has less degradation. Um, I, I think actually almost, almost to the point of no degradation. 
Um, and you have, you know, you have experiments with, with different, uh, with just different solutions and so forth. Um, there is solid state batteries that people are kind of looking at. I don't know really how scalable you can make that. Well, I, I think it's, it's like anything else, right? Given enough time, everything is scalable. Um, and, and when it, when it scales up, costs will come down. But how long will that take? And will something else better come along before that can be scaled up? That remains to be seen. Um, so well, it's, it's I mean, said, hold so much promise as a, you know, as a, a brass ring, so to speak, right? As an out there kind of goal. Yeah, true. I mean, it's, it, you have, um, hold on, I'm trying to find it here. Okay. Um, you have, go ahead. I was just going to say that like, yeah, the, the, floor, the floor thing is shows some really good near-term promise. Um, you have a situation where even in the last, call it three years for sake of argument, right? The amount of energy you can get out of a given size battery has increased. So the most obvious example to use a large scale manufacturer is the Toyota plug-in, the Prius Prime, uh, used to have two seats in the back because they had the, the batteries big enough, they couldn't fit a third seat back there. And as of this year, they finally have a third seat. So it's got, and it's got the same 800 kilowatts that it had three years ago when the car came out, 2017 yeah. versus 2020 model year. So it's, those are really, really small changes. We're probably talking about, I don't know, ballparking here, like a 10% reduction in size for the same energy. But at least it shows that progress is being made. It's not a stagnant thing where the X number of cells gives you X number of kilowatts and that's all there is to it. Yeah. So the, but the fluoride thing, I want to say, I heard some outrageous number like 50% more energy density possible than lithium ion, which would be just staggering. Yeah, the only the thing that they're trying to get over, I think, is the uh, uh, the the temperature. It doesn't it it doesn't like heat. It's 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 oh. good with cold, which lithium ion is actually bad with cold. Right. Like really cold. Um, but yeah, but fluoride. But I mean, I mean, it, I mean, right now, I mean, you have an industry standard of uh, what's called the eighteen six fifty, which is your standard. Uh, it, it's your standard size uh, a cell, lithium ion cell. So it, it looks like a like a cigar, uh, almost. It's, or or yeah. like a big, or like, like 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 a big double A battery. It's like twice the size of a double A battery. But well, you can buy those uh, cell phone um, extra battery chargers that look just like it. It's the same size. It yeah, it looks it yeah. looks like a cigar that's flat on both ends. Instead of yeah. Being, yeah. yeah those were you really know, cool. So but I, I, I think you know because you're because you've kind of come out with um you know kind of a more industry standard, um, you know, eight, you know, you know, the eighteen six fifty, I it, it's easier for them to work around that and to kind of form that into whatever form that they want to do it whereas if you go to a solid state battery it's very very difficult because you can make you know you can make the you know the, the standard size 18650s like all the live long day and it's just how you 
put that battery together in whatever right. form we want, you know, and, and you can change how it stacks and, you know, however you, you know, however you manufacture, right. You know, the battery pack itself. And how you control temperature that. up and down. Yeah. And how you control temperature and, and, and charging and efficiency and stuff like that. So I think if, if all you're doing is just kind of changing what's inside the 18650, as long as it fits within 18650, you're good. You're fine. Um, and, and you can still, you know, just kind of keep on that, you know, on that scale of production and just build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up. And you're just going to drop price on everything. So, right. So, so we can kind of talk about, we'll, we'll move forward in, in a bit because we're getting a, a little, it's a little bit into the weeds here, but the, us, I know, what? I know, shocking. But there is a long term problem and it's massive with lithium ion and it comes down to them. Where is the metal coming from? And the metal is toxic. It's mostly coming from China and parts of Africa and it's nasty. And the processing, the process of actually forming it into a battery is incredibly polluted. The process of mining it is heavily polluted. The process of transporting it across the ocean in container ships is heavily polluted. And no one's talking about all this stuff. And yes, the yeah. product is great, but these are finite resources and there's not new mines being discovered, new veins where they can, that they can pull the stuff out of. No, and, and, and I totally agree. I, I absolutely agree that, I mean, I, I think, you know, you know, kind of putting a little bit of a, of a, of a flowery perfume smell on it, um, if you wish. Um, I, I think you can clean up some of the processes. Well, sure. I, I, I think, you know, as far as like, you know, um, the, the shipping of the lithium um, could definitely be cleaned up. Um, and they, they've already started working on that, um, you know, on ships and stuff. Um, you know, so I, I think some of that can be cleaned up. Yeah, the, the actual, uh, you know, uh, refining of lithium isn't the cleanest of processes. Um, you know, maybe there's some things in there that can be done and stuff. Sure, um, sure. I think, I think the worst part, though, is that there's been no... Th th there's really been not a huge amount of progress and nobody's really kind of accepting the fact that there's no real way to recycle these things. No, the the, yeah, does, the reuse market is getting better. There's a guy in Southern California who's doing some really good stuff with reusing the batteries. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, small there's a lot. There's a lot to be said for the repurposing of them. I mean, um, I mean, Honda, for instance, with all of their their fit EVs. Uh, you know, a moment of silence for Sparky, um, which was my old fit EV. Um, but there's a uh, there's there's an experiment that they're doing in uh, in Ohio somewhere, um, probably Marysville, um, where they're using all of the battery packs from the are uh, the usable battery packs from the fit EVs to create a a battery storage, an electrical storage uh, for 
uh, wind and solar. That's great. Um, which I, I, I'm all for. The problem is, is that once you, you know, I, I mean, you're going to end up with, you know, a ton of battery packs. And so what do you do with 30 years of battery packs? Right. And I really can't. And ironically, one of the things this this guy in Southern California was saying, I can't remember the company, I'm sorry. Big warehouse repurposing facility is, yeah, most of his battery packs, big shock, come from Nissan Leafs and Tesla. But he said, it's all these failed autopilot sequences where the cars are crashing that's keeping him in business because there's so many fresh battery packs coming out of junkyards (laughs) that these Teslas have. And the junkyards don't want to deal with this stuff. Because if lithium-ion oh, no. and that battery pack cracks open, they've got a toxic waste dump for the next for decades after that. So they don't want to touch these cars. Well, not only that, but you know, I, it's it's not a very well kept secret that lithium-ion likes to burst into flames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit too warm, and bad things happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when like something pierces it, you know, it tends to short circuit all kinds of bad things and then burst into flames um but i just you know i think looking into you know and and i think that's another problem you know i but but once again i i don't think it'll be a huge huge issue because the electrical infrastructure just can't take it. Um, I, I think it was. I think you were telling me that that you heard on a podcast that Matt Ferris said that Los Angeles County could not handle more than thirty percent electric vehicles. Oh yeah, if if that if that. yeah. So, it, it, so he was saying. He was building this this parking garage. Well, the parking garage is this collector car storage facility. It's taken him four years yeah. to build it, and he has. I want to say it's two. By the way, maybe. it looks fantastic from the pictures. Matt Farah, good job. If you're ever hearing us, I wish you would hear us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hear us, be kind with your in your criticism. Um, no, no, no. Just be honest. Like when we had. We had lunch with you. We bought you a sandwich. Just be that open and honest. Yeah, and, he, and you told us our, our idea was a hunk of shit, which it was. No, um, no, no, no. He didn't say a hunk of shit. He said the way I was explaining it was extremely boring, and he was correct. Yeah. Um, and he said that the he had a sort of similar idea that he's pr- that he's presented to three different you know um, producers, and they and all three of them said the exact same thing, and that was where's the drama. Right. But anyway, um, but yeah, so Matt has, and I, I want to get this right, but I'm pretty sure it's two electric vehicle charging stations with two plugs each. Yeah. And he wanted more, and the city said, no, we don't, we can't give you enough power to make that possible. Yeah. So if this brand new building can only have two charging stations, because the city can't provide more power than that, what hope do we have moving forward? I mean, like, if battery packs just keep getting bigger, but we can't put enough juice in them to charge them any faster, 
you're going to have these 200 kilowatt hour battery packs that on a level three charger are going to take two days to charge. I exaggerate, but you get the idea. Yeah. So it's just, it's th- things have got to, have, have got to change on that front before we actually move into full EV. Cause I think as Zach was saying, hybridization and increasingly efficient hybridization is such the way to go. Like real quick, the RAV4 currently occupied, the RAV4 hybrid is currently the most efficient vehicle in its class. And it's the most popular class of vehicles sold in America, the compact SUV. Yeah. But and the and the CRV hybrid is yep. coming out in March. Beautiful competition. And know, yeah, and, and we don't know what what it'll have. Right. It should, it should be comparable or better. Should be low forties. Yeah. And so the, and the Rav Four is forty even, just for. Yeah. So it, it's it's like the best of all worlds because, you know, range anxiety is a real true thing, right, Matt? Right. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, we're not going to dive into that one any deeper at the moment. But fifteen years ago, the Rav Four came in a V six option, and the V six had a little more power than the RAV4 hybrid does now, but it had almost exactly half the gas mileage. Yeah. So in f- just 15 years, which isn't really that long in the automotive world, I'm looking at you, Mustang. You have gone from <laughs> Ooh, double, double the gas mileage with virtually the same effective feeling of power, even in a slightly larger vehicle, at a similar cost. So things are moving really, really well in that direction. It hasn't taken very long. So the future is very, very bright for this kind of stuff. But, but cars that generate their own electricity from braking and from, and from the engine being a generator is such a good stopgap for the next, call it, decade or two until we can get this yeah. whole electricity figured out. Well, because... Here, here, here's the big issue. The big issue is the fact that, and and in the in the in the San Francisco Bay Area where you and I live, um, you know, our electric company is Pacific Gas and Electric (PG&E). They have a really, really, really big issue with their aging infrastructure setting fires to all of Northern California. Um, to the point of where a few months ago they did random shutoffs of people's power and they still set fires. Yeah. Even with the power shut off in well, different places. Well, they, if they were, yeah, they, it's like the it's like the flu vaccine. <laughs> they were doing educated guesses about what it was going to be and where it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. Which is one of the reasons why I don't take the flu vaccine. Well, neither do I, but that's not neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, it's it's a know. huge problem. Basically, so so you, you so you're you're not going to have because I I drive as as I've said before I drive a Honda Clarity electric. I have ninety miles range. Um, you know, so I get home and I plug in every day. It was kind of touch and go with where am I going to plug in my car? Because I don't because I have solar at my house, but I don't have a battery backup system. 
So I don't have the ability to be off grid. And even if I was, it would cost me probably close to $30,000 to have an off grid, you know, battery backup system that would be able to charge my car. Yeah. That's that's all right. You know, so going with hybridization with, and 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 where where this conversation came up, and Matt and I was actually having a conversation before we got on air, before we got got, got recording. Um, is uh, the CEO of Honda um, came out and said um, that he doesn't think that pure electric vehicles will have a huge impact on the overall car market that, 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 that the, the, the public won't buy enough of them to really make an impact of any kind. Um, and as much as you Tesla people may scream your heads off, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not politically correct in how he's saying it but he's not wrong most people won't buy a pure electric vehicle because they don't want to plug in they don't want to plug in or in some cases like me I can't plug in at home I know lots of people who live in apartments who can't plug in people who go to work at places where they can't plug in it doesn't make good sense yeah, I mean it's it's really difficult, but I mean that's just the truth. Um, but you can, you know, give cars. I think easily within within the ne- I, I'll make this prediction within the next five years, only five years, the average gas mileage of I'll say I'll, I'll say Honda because Honda right now has over its entire model lineup Honda has the best EPA rate of, of anybody right partly because they don't make a real pickup truck but go ahead easy true but easy um, but I think that within the next five years, you could see Honda's average EPA gas mileage wise be 45, 40, 45. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how awesome would that be? You know, it's it's just, and everybody else can can do more too. The trick is going to be being able to make enough of an engine. Like, like one of the things that Volvo did that looked kind of short sighted and odd at first, but worked out really well, was Volvo is not a large company, and they have one two liter four cylinder engine for everything they do, and all they adjust is what kind of power enhancements they add to it. Does it get a turbo, a turbo and a supercharger, or does it get a hybrid system and some combination of blower or not thereof? 
great. Yeah. Works out great because they do that because they only build one engine. You have the economy of scale, right? So if you have a, call it a two liter four cylinder engine and you have direct injection and you have uh, variable displacement and you have variable compression and you have variable valve timing and so on and so forth and you have a hybrid system attached to it, yeah, you can see some huge gains in efficiency. You know, anything you can do to make the the, the car burn cleaner and manage heat, right? Because a leaner burn causes more heat on the cylinder wall. Anything you can do to make that work out better overall is going to be a huge bump. And yeah. it's a lot, it's, it's a lot, I don't know, better play, I guess, in the marketplace than yeah. trying to build an EV and lose 10 grand on every one that you sell. Well, there's there's another system that we haven't talked about, um, and, and and it's one of those where it sounds like the best solution all around, and that of course is hydrogen fuel cell. Right, you you right. you have a car that looks like a car. You just have enough room for the hydrogen tank, which is you know, um, I, I actually watched a video of one being dropped from a foot tower and it never busted open. Um, so they're stupidly strong. Um, they you pull up and you plug a nozzle onto it. And you fill up with hydrogen. It takes about five minutes, and you can go three, four hundred miles on on a tank of hydrogen. And I'm sure there's a way that you could get that to be slightly more efficient, and maybe even go five hundred miles. Now you're talking, you know, you're talking quick fill up, you know, which people are used to. You're talking um, actual range, which people are used to and you're 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 talking about just a regular vehicle and the only uh the you know vapor is water vapor the only emission is water vapor right but (laughs) no there's a couple of problems the most practical problem right off the top of the head off the top of this, is that if you live in the Midwest, that means you have what is going to quickly become ice coming out of your tailpipe. And so you have to have a heated exhaust pipe on these cars. And then (coughs) you're dropping ice onto the road as you drive. Who's dropping water that becomes ice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in a sense, you're contributing ice to the road. That's a problem. True, but usually there's, there's you know, there's salt on the road. There's people with snow tires. Right, sand, whatever. Right, it's not a yeah. huge deal. But the biggest issue that Zach was sort of leading up to that I'm going to jump in on is yeah, the amount of energy and the type of energy required to to suck hydrogen out of whatever it's attached to because it's very lonely and doesn't like to be without friends, friends yeah. it has never met before, and to to break it apart and to get it into a hydrogen tank is ungodly expensive and uses fossil fuels to do it. 
Well, yeah. So it, I, I think a good analogy, I think a good analogy would be like um, hydrogen is a lot like a freshman frat boy where he just wants to go to the party. He just wants to hang out with anybody who will hang out with him, hook up with whoever he can hook up with, whatever he can hook up with. You know, he, he, he's just, he's down for just about anything. That's hydrogen for the most part. Right. Um, you know, because hydrogen, even though it's the most abundant element in the universe, it's, it's never found in its natural form. Um, and so it, weirdly enough, and, and Matt actually said this correctly, there, there's only two different ways to get hydrogen. Um, the, the cleanest way is to um, take electricity and basically send it through water and it breaks the bonds of hydrogen and oxygen and you can get hydrogen that way which is like a hydrogen fuel cell in reverse. <laughs> and that right. is oh so correct. Because a hydrogen fuel cell sprays hydrogen onto plates that have water blown through them that creates electricity with a byproduct of water and the water gets sent out. So this is the reverse of that. So, yeah. and, and of course, you never get as much energy out of it as it takes to, to break the bonds in the first place. Yeah. So you end up in an energy negative yeah you an an energy negative proposition yeah so the the vast amounts of most of the hydrogen in pure form that we have in this world that we've collected has come from one place and that's taking natural gas and breaking natural gas you know breaking the hydrocarbon uh molecules of natural gas and that releases hydrogen you can do it at a much lower energy cost Uh, it takes very little energy to do it Um, but you end up with the byproducts of the natural gas you would actually be better off taking the natural gas, compressing it down, and sending it through a compressed natural gas engine, burning it, uh, and it burns extremely efficiently. It burns extremely cleanly uh, with virtually no uh, uh, exhaust, uh, you know, emissions-wise and stuff like that. Um, and you don't get the same problem with... Uh, the vast amounts of water vapor and so forth. Um, and you can retrofit it to any internal combustion engine that you can think of. Um, you just have to change out the, uh, the, the head and uh, the intake system. Um, but that's where we get the vast amounts of our hydrogen from is from that. Uh, I mean, there's been some experiments and talk about <clears throat> uh, long-term uh, electrolysis of water using solar panels, um, which is potentially a thing. Um, but, I mean, you're still producing a lot of electricity. 
um, you're still taking up uh, a natural space with solar panels, which is the problem with solar farms in the beginning, or you know, in, in the first place. You know, um, so. I, yeah, solar cells have a long way to go. Yeah, there, there's still a long way to go with that. So, I mean, it's like, so I think now here's the question. Um, you know, with the most, is the greenest, in reality, is the greenest process of, of, of producing motivating power would that be um say a compressed natural gas generator producing electricity for um uh for hybrid for a hybrid for a hybrid drivetrain maybe hmm? don't maybe we don't know right we haven't no one seems to have followed that line of thinking to its logical conclusion, at least not publicly. Well, because yeah. it's it's nasty, nasty, dirty natural gas that nobody wants to ever admit is really, really clean and efficient. Um, well, I think because a lot of it's produced during fracking, and that whole process is just a nightmare. Well, fracking's gotten a whole lot cleaner. <laughs> well, well, like, it, yes, but that was a low bar to climb over, let's be fair. Well, no, I mean, it to say that it's gotten cleaner, yes, that's a low bar. To say that it's gotten a lot cleaner and a lot, you know, less environmentally damaging, it's it's gotten really good. I, so, I was I was reading up on it. It's it's, you know, well, good. Okay, so let's yeah, let's get back a little bit more to some more concretely some things that we want to see. Let's call it in the next ten years, just to give ourselves a nice broad time frame. And I'm going to harp on this because I got this idea off Jaloptic. I'm not going to let this one go. Go for it. One charging socket for all oh. electric vehicles. I, I, I think you're kind of there. Um, the, the only real holdout is, is Tesla. We have four in the world right now. Four. Okay. Go for it. China has their own proprietary to Chinese vehicles. Then you have Chatmo, which Chatmo, which is dying, thankfully. Yes. You have, you have uh, CC2, which is becoming L3, which is good because the L3 makes a lot more sense. And you have Tesla. Yes. So, well, I, I predict that, and and I know that I've predicted this before, and I've been proven wrong, and I'll be proven wrong, again, I guess. I've looked in 10 years that Tesla just won't be a thing. I, I just, I can't see with, with, with how small of, of a piece of the market electric vehicles are. And the fact that I really don't think it's going to grow a ton in the next 10 years, but the amount of competition that is coming is vast. Oh yeah, yeah. The more mainstream OEMs get in on this, the more. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think by the by the end of the decade, 
electric vehicles, battery electric vehicles will not exceed 10%. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I just, I don't see it exceeding 10%. And when you're talking only 10% of the market, um, it, it, playing with fire like Tesla likes to play with fire, I, I can't see them being able to make it. So I think, I think the Tesla plug will die out with the Tesla. Um, Chatamo is basically gone. I mean, it's, 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 it, it, it's kicking and screaming. As soon as, as soon as Nissan either quits making the leaf. Well, the second gen leaf has both. The second gen leaf has both CC2 and Chatamo out of his little nose. Which is well, yeah, because I mean, it's well, a concession. CC two is is just basically a J seventeen seventy two. Right. Are you telling me that they have CC three? I didn't look or, at or, it that closely, but I can uh, tell you that it's it's a dual plug system on the uh, or dual socket system on the yeah uh, yeah Gen two leaf, and it always has been. So because oh, okay. you, you can have you got a seventeen seventy two, which is universal except for Tesla. Uh, which is, anyways, um, yeah, the Japanese still use Chatterbox quite a bit. But they're the only ones. But then, but then you have, which is a, um, it 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 looks like the J seventeen seventy two with two more little plugs at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's called CCS or sometimes you know CC three. Um, and then you have Chatamo, which is its own thing, which is not compatible with anything else. Right. But weirdly enough, Tesla makes a an adapter for the Chatamo Level Three, but it doesn't make the adapter for the Level Three CCS. That's very bizarre. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there's some engineering reason for that stuff like that. So, but I, I think I think by the end of the decade you'll you'll see Tesla gone or significantly diminished. Um, I think you'll see um, just a universal acceptance of uh, CCS as it's, you know, as it as as what it is. I mean, BMW has already accepted it as as their level three. Uh, David's live wire, for, for for goodness sakes, is CCS level three. Um, that was a good sign. Yeah, I mean the the all of the Europeans are going to that. The uh, the Porsche Taycan is 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 that. Uh, the Rivian is that. Uh, which means the, I'm sure you know Bollinger and everybody else. Um, Bo- the Bollinger, Mu- Mu- Mustang Machi. Yeah, the Mustang will definitely be CCS. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be much of an issue or anything like that i sure hope you're right because right now it's it's super frustrating and it's like this whole proprietary network thing that which tesla does that too needs to just go away i i i think it will i think it will i think um the the one thing that you'll 
So like you have Electrify America, right? Which which is which which is VW and it's funded by their fine from Dieselgate. Yeah, yeah, they're one billion dollars. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, but I, I I like like I just used it just the other day, uh, for the first time uh, in in my in my clarity, um, and it's nice. It was really nice to pull up and see uh, a bunch of level three chargers mm-hmm. um you know a bunch of uh, ccs level three chargers um because normally i'm not used to seeing that i'm used to seeing one out in the middle of a field <laughs> like like away from everything else um you know and and then i'm longingly staring at like a hundred tesla charging stations you know and stuff so it's <laughs> so there's that um although i do have to say electrify america why did you make the, the charging cable so short Re- really is it <laughs> it was exactly short it, it was like it, it could have used like another three foot of cable wow because i because i had to almost because i had to almost put the nose of my clarity against like like i was i, I was like two inches away from having to put my the, the nose of my clarity on the actual charging unit itself in order to get the cable down to where like i needed it wow like, like i was really kind of going okay surely surely the cable extends and i just need to kind of pull it and it will extend out and it just never did and i'm like are, are you serious really it's 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 supposed to be this short so that was that was kind of crazy mm. but you know but i mean the vast majority of the of 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 the electrify americas um, are going to be ccs so hey that's good yeah <clears throat> Um, let's see. Oh, how about, uh, if these, if people are going to continue to buy compact SUVs, which shows no sign of abating, how about making everything over 50 miles a gallon? That's what I want to see. I would, I would love to see fuel efficiency reach, uh, 50 miles per gallon average. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you'll see. Oh, will we hit 50 average by the end of the decade? Possibly. Possibly. And I want to see all trucks hybridized. There's no reason to give up that kind of torque. You know what? Electric is good torque. They should have it. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I, I, I think that's, I think that's definitely a, um, a way to go. I don't think all of them. Yeah. You're gonna have. Um, it's hard to deny the power of diesel. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a certain America about the sound. Um, you know. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, having a. I mean, trains trains ended up having to do it. Going from, you know, going from just pure diesel motivation to diesel electric 
Mm-hmm. And so I think I think making the transition from diesel to diesel electric, I think, will be, um, I think that'll be the way things kind of go. Because um, that just makes more sense to me. You know, because you still have these guys who are doing diesels, but now they can do diesel more efficiently. So um, I think you're going to see, I mean, can, can we talk about the sedan in the room? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, what, what do you think, what do you think is going to be the fate of sedans? Um, I think that basically it's going to flip-flop that sedans are going to be where compact SUVs were 15, 20 years ago. There's, there's going to be a market for them. It's going to be the outlier. They're still going to be around. It's going to be a few niche players. Um, my guess is it's going to come down to Honda, Toyota, and maybe Nissan. Um, maybe Mazda will stick it out for a while. Maybe they'll give up. They don't seem to be pushing the, the six or the three too hard anymore. Um, and that's going to be about it in the same way that it used to be that the RAV4 and CRV dominated the, the cute ute market, so to speak. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of where it's going to be. And frankly, I'm okay with that because they've, those two guys have always been heads and tails above everybody else in terms of the driving experience. I mean, Camry, of course, has never been exactly a stellar driving experience, but in terms of it being a vehicle you can get walk up to, put your key in, or start, um, you know, and drive away and feel good about that, that's, it's those two, and then everything else sort of falls by the wayside. So the, yeah, the, the, I, fact, I, the fact that the Avalon still exists is staggering to me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, the fact that the that LS is, still exists, yeah, it's just amazing. Well, the LS is just a, it's, it's just an Avalon. Well, it's not actually. One's rear drive and one's front drive, but I know what you mean. Well, I mean they're they're both. Is isn't the LS a, a modification of nope. the the same chassis? Nope. Really, two different chassis, completely. Yeah, okay. yeah. The LS is closer to it's well, not the same, but it's closer to a Toyota Century than it is to an Avalon. Oh, a Century! I'd love to see one of those in person. Me too. I want to sit in the back and put my feet through the front seat. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I just I, I think I think you'll still have. The, the Honda Civic, I think you'll still have the yep. Honda Accord. Yep, you still have the Corolla. Still have the Camry. You still have the Toyota Corolla. I think you still have the Toyota Camry. Oh, Nissan. Nissan, Nissan, Nissan. Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, the best thing that, I don't, that can happen to Nissan is being bought up by someone else. I mean, there's there's part of me that think that I, I think Nissan's just going to go the way of Ford and just kind of oh, lean into SUVs. Yeah. And they just go straight into their sedans. Well, the problem is with Nissan too, is that their trucks are terrible. 
which isn't going to help. Oh. Yeah, but to write home about the only thing they have going for them is that QX30, which is the Mercedes GLA platform. Yeah. So, so they're not long for this earth. If they can't update that GTR pretty soon, and even if they do, even if they sell, let's say, let's say something outrageous. Let's say they sell every GTR at a fifty thousand dollar profit. The R thirty six. I'll I'll make a prediction. I think the GTR is gone in five years. Completely from the U.S. Yeah, I think it's I think it's completely gone in five years. I think be. Nissan has. I, I think they've they've stretched themselves in in too many directions. Um, none of them good. Um, and they they sunk a ton of money into the Nissan Leaf, which I I'm not even sure if it's still making. I I, I don't I don't even know if it's making money anymore. Um, so here's a question for you. Speaking along those lines, not to interrupt, but to keep going, the conversation going in a slightly different direction. Go ahead. Is Nissan the new Mitsubishi? Oh my gosh! Where I... GTR for Evo? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I we are certainly heading that direction. Well, we did that podcast, you know, many, many, many podcasts ago. By the way, forty-five. We did forty-five podcasts. Forty-six podcasts. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, we we did that cautionary tale of Nissan and Mitsubishi. We they, they were both part of the same. Uh, the, yeah, they they were both part of the same podcast. It's just a cautionary tale of automotive manufacturers. So I, I almost have to say they're almost there. I think they've made a few decisions that have made them. That have made them better than these are better than Mitsubishi. Um, you know, they didn't put all of their eggs in one basket. Just, no, they're still not looking so good. No. Um, who would have thought 10 years ago that Supra would be on a continued scale of growth and Nissan would be floundering? Oh, yeah. Ugh. And Supra, well, Supra was, they're in danger too. They're in danger too, but they're in danger of the, the only thing keeping Subaru alive right now is the Outback. No. They're, the Forester and the Crosstrek are doing pretty well. Really? The Crosstrek? Yeah. I didn't know the Crosstrek was doing that well. I thought the Crosstrek was you know, kind of a, a bit of a sales dud. Well, the, the hippies really want the uh, plug-in hybrid. Which is a Toyota system. Oh, we saw that at the at the yeah at the autumn show and the complete uh, what, yeah you know what what happens when you take an SUV and take out the U? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you'll see what the phrase I like to use is um, this is the kind of vehicle where you can carry passengers or stuff. Pick one. Well, not even that. You can't even do that. There, 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 there is no cargo. Yeah. So there really isn't. 
Yeah. But anyways, but I just, I don't know, sedans versus SUVs? I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I can't see, I, I see SUVs just getting more and more and more and more efficient. Um, you know, I mean, when, when Honda came out with an updated version of their J35 V6, and they went from 250 horsepower to 280 horsepower, yeah, and they actually gained one mile per gallon. <laughs> yeah, and and basically they had a direct injection and not much else. Yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, so, that was pretty incredible. I mean, um, it was like, wait, what? The, the the thing the thing about sedans and the reason I have hope is is partly things like the Camry hybrid base model has the same average gas mileage as a Prius. Yeah. And that gives me hope because they're both 52. Well, and and like the Accord hybrid, the, the Hyundai Sonata hybrid, um, not that far away, honestly. Yeah. Hey, do you ever wonder real quick sure. whether, whether Hyundai, Kia are getting like massive Korean government subsidies and that's why they're still alive. Um, I don't know about that. I, I don't either. They, they make a decent product. They do. They make, make, make a decent product. Um, and, and, and I've told this people many, many, many times. Um, they don't make a, I don't think in general, they don't make a great product. Um, they're they're not the same scale of like say Toyota and Honda, mm-hmm. or you know where where you know I, I think I think in general if you look at Honda's entire lineup and Toyota's entire lineup, in general you can say great lineup. Um, you know a few you know HRVs and Yaris in there, but. But not, you know, you know that that that's not enough to really kind of, you know, d- deter what I'm saying, you know, what I'm thinking and stuff like that. Um, but I think Hyundai and Kia make a good product with a stupidly great warranty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely back it up. Yeah, I, I think I think whoever came up with that idea, uh, you know, when, when they were first making the transition from building cheap cars to be cheap cars to, hey, we're going to build slightly less cheap cars, but we're going to build them better. Oh, by the way, we need to come up with a way of getting people to, you know, to trust that these are better cars. Well, why don't we give them a 10-year, 150,000-mile drivetrain warranty? Oh, I don't know. That sounds like a great idea. Should we make it transferable to the next owner? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's let's not let's not uh, you know let's not be hasty. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> easy, easy, Jenkins. Easy. Don't get too nice. Um, um. So yeah, I mean that's those are really good points. I sort of, I sort of think of those two brands as in essence being a lot like if you took. <clears throat> If you took half, the car's almost half Japanese, half American. 
it's not an insult. What I mean is that in terms of value for money, you're getting a lot of doodads and gadgets at a lower price point, but you're getting a better build quality. You're getting not near Japanese, but you're getting approaching Japanese build quality. But you're also getting things like I don't remember what it's like something ridiculous, like the forty a forty thousand dollar telluride has ventilated front seats. Yeah. Well, okay, so, like so 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 here here's how I kind of take a look at the Korean market, okay? So the the Japanese are weird but practical. Mm-hmm. There's there's this there, there, there there's this level of practicality, but the weirdness is subdued. It's 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 really kind of just really kind of you know we're, we're not going to talk about the weirdness. There's a little bit a little bit of weirdness, but we're not going to really talk about that. You know the, you know that kind of a thing. You know, we'll just we'll just blame our weirdness. You know this little bit slight weirdness on the fact that we have to be appealing to the American market. We'll, we'll just blame it on that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Toyota more so than Honda. I don't think Honda has any weirdness at all. There's like no weirdness. Weirdness is just not allowed. Period. I, right. I, I I think weirdness was drug out behind the, you know, behind the factory and summarily shot. Well, it's like every weird product, realistic fashion. It's like all and the weird products they used to make was was like relegated to other countries and they were too embarrassing, and they never made it over to the U.S. Yeah, and then Toyota just takes all of their weirdness and just kind of says. Yeah, but we drive NASCAR, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they kind of throw it over there. Um, kind of is the you know, and then there's you know, then there's Subaru, which is just like we're going to embrace our weirdness, but it's going to be kind of like Seattle, Portland weirdness. Mm-hmm. You right. know, it's, it's weirdness it, that wears Tevas. Yes, and you know, and and and, and smokes pot. You know, out of you know, out of uh, out, out of a vape because you know they don't want to, you know, they, they they don't want to burn it because then that's adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. So they just want kind of they they just want to vape it because it's more environmentally friendly. Um, um, and then of course you just have Mazda, which is just like trying to be weird, but you're just kind of like you're not weird. Just well, stop. it's 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 all their all the cars look like samurai armor. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. And that's fine. Okay, your yeah. cars look like samurai armor. Some people go for that. Most people don't. Yeah. But and... see, the Koreans have that kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. And. You know, uh, okay. For instance, if you had in, in any of the big, in any of the big three Japanese, Okay, Subaru, Honda, and Toyota. I'm I'm not going to include Nissan in that because for no reasons why would you for, for reasons we've already said. But Subaru, Nissan, and Toyota. If you had come in and had suggested in any of the board meetings, hey, let's do a marketing campaign with hamsters <laughs> like and they would be like they would be like they would be like, like, like small hamsters 
No, no, no. These are great big freaking hamsters. They're gonna drive like, the car. Like, like, like almost like Chuck E. Cheese size hamsters. What are these hamsters going to be doing? Are, are they are they selling the cars? No, no, no. They're driving the cars, or they're going to clubs and dancing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dancing hamsters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of them's going to have like a leather jacket on and stuff like that. You would be beaten to death with a sake bottle. Guaranteed. Well, well and on top of that, look, look at the car they were selling. Okay, so so we're going to, if we have this new car and it's boxy, but it's not an SUV. Okay, because it lights right low to the ground. So yep. is it a hatchback? No, it's too boxy to be a hatchback. Yeah. So what is it? Uh, I don't know. So what are you going to call the trim levels? Uh, we're going to call them exclamation points. <laughs> exclamation points. Yep. And plus and something else. And I yeah. Space or whatever else. Right. And that would never, never have flown in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Never. Is, it, is, is it all wheel drive? No, it's front wheel drive. <laughs> but you just said it's an SUV. No, I said it's like an SUV. Yeah. <laughs> so is it like a Cyan XB? No, it's bigger than a Cyan XB, and it's uh, but it, and it's more more American looking. So yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. It'd be like, here's your sword. <laughs> here, now you fall on it. Yeah. Here's here's your dagger. Yeah. Um, Here's your kimono. Yes, you know it's it's. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. But but yeah. So so like I said, it was you know the 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 Japanese can have a little bit of weird, but they try to hide it as much as possible. Where the Koreans just kind of go, yeah, we're weird and we absolutely love it and we're cool about it, yeah. and they do. They totally get away with it. So yeah. Anyways, that's, that's but, a really but, good point. But as far as talking about the decade in the future and stuff, I think, I think sedans are going to be. I, I think that's going to kind of narrow down more. You will see more SUVs, just because that's what people are going to be more used to. Um, mm-hmm. More European focused car manufacturers like Volkswagen are still going to hold on to, you know, their cars just because they are a big, big. Um, that market uh, i think luxury of course is going to keep all of their sedans for the vast majority of them. um but I, I do think that the, the expansion that we've seen in model lines i think by the end of the decade will be like in half i i, I think i think that's that's one of the things we're really going to see is a is is a huge compression of model lines. Of Absolutely, and of model lines like cut in half. So, no, it's as soon as the economy starts to contract, you're going to see things that don't work go away. Whether that means it's a subcompact or whether that's a tweener class, or I mean, I have I have concerns with things like the Toyota. Well, not concerns. I shouldn't say that, but I have. I'm staring side-eyed at things like the Toyota CHR and the Honda uh, Passport and, uh, uh, well, the Toyota, Toyota Sequoia, which is like a 
it's like a Tahoe for people who don't want to drive American cars. Um, and those kind of things that just may not weather the storm. I mean, there's a rumor Toyota's going to cancel the Land Cruiser. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's like we're deleting the Mustang. Kind of, yeah. Except that they sold 1200 last year. Other than that. Yeah, but they made a bunch more money off of everything else so that they can afford to kind of it's like it's like it's like the Toyota Century. They don't make money on that. Mm-hmm. That's just to you know basically to produce cars for you know the Japanese royalty. Pretty much others and stuff. So but yeah, I, I think you're going to see a, a huge contraction in model lines. Uh, I think you're going to see efficiency. I, I think you'll see like almost double the efficiency increase from 2020 to 2030 that we saw from 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I, I think you'll see close to double, you know, double increase than what we already saw. And I Um, really, really hope we get rid of all these stupid coupe-style SUVs. Oh, I know. They just need to go away. I mean, BMW finally, finally gave in and admitted that the Gran Turismo sedans aren't working. Thank you. Let them go. Bye-bye. Yeah. I I just... we are we are cautiously optimistic for the future. We are hoping for a lot more electrification and a lot less emphasis on full-on battery pack electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you guys have any suggestions or any comments, please do uh, send us an email because uh, we'd love to hear about it. Because yeah, absolutely. We're only so, mildly educated. I I wouldn't even go that far, um, but. Um, well, I, I, I think we are, in the, in the words of the great uh, Southern comedian Jerry Cloward, I believe we are educated beyond our means. So. Um, <laughs> I have no response to that. So I think, I think yes, we're good. I know. So anyways, but yeah, we're, uh, we're looking at uh, the future. Um, who knows? Matt and I may be still podcasting in 2030. Wouldn't that be awesome? Joe Rogan just had his 10-year anniversary this month. Yeah, Joe Joe Rogan, we are not. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, here's the here's to the next uh, ten years, Matt. We're Have a good night,